Hello, my name is Alex Gould. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Skills with People podcast from Gould Training. If you like the sound of what you hear, and you think that what we're offering might be useful, interesting and relevant for you or someone you know, you can find out more about the Skills with People training course by visiting our website at gouldtraining.co.uk. The subject of this podcast is how to say no without it jeopardising your career, your reputation or your relationships with other people at work. I thought that we might talk through a couple of examples that illustrate slightly different aspects of the skills we teach. I think people might find this an interesting topic because people bring it up quite a lot. In fact, it's one of the most frequently asked questions I get invited to speak about. So you've got an example, an example of someone who who was finding it difficult to say no. Yes, this is an example of a chap working in the financial sector. He he worked for a bank, and he had trouble dealing with people from other departments who kept coming to him, interrupting his work in order to request that he does extra work for them by checking their figures and looking over spreadsheets. So what was actually going on? They were coming to him with with work, and he was under a lot of pressure. Yes, how, was right. the, how was the conversation going? Well, to begin with, he would try to explain to them why it was going to be difficult for him to do their work and accommodate what they wanted because he was so busy. But they seemed to ignore that and kept coming to him anyway. The, the trouble was he was caught. He wanted to be seen as helpful and friendly. There was a possibility of a promotion in the offing and he wanted to develop his reputation as somebody who was eager about their work. But eventually his level of frustration would build up to such a head of steam that in the end he'd lose his rag. He was aware that if he opened his mouth and said something bad or explosive or aggressive, it could really damage him and cost him. So we ended up biting his tongue and saying very little. But the problem is that it would still leak out. He looked very unhappy and he ended up barking at people. And when his boss saw this, he got very alarmed. Oh, so that's how he, he. So was he? Was that the reason why he was? What, was he sent on the course to get to, to 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 find another way of handling this sort of situation? Yes, that's right. He was being groomed for more senior roles, but his manager n- n- needed to have the confidence that actually he'd be able to be inspiring and encouraging of people. And when his boss saw him behaving like this, he thought, well, th- 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 this could be dangerous, putting him in a pressurised situation where he's responsible for managing a team of other people. Because if he behaves like this, that's going to turn people right off. And what was his attitude to to being sent on a course in order to deal in, 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 over something so, something so personal? Well, to begin with, he was pretty unhappy about it because it was like he was being blamed for other people's behaviour and that they were taking advantage. He was trying to be professional about things and somehow he was the one who wasn't doing it right and being sent on a course to deal with it. So initially he was quite resistant to being helped, was he? Well, um, not for long. Certainly to begin with, he felt got at and and fairly treated. Uh, 
but he did come around to the idea that he could take responsibility for the way that other people treated him okay so if he could do it differently if he could manage the relationship differently um in the end he got quite excited about what might be possible for him to do so would you like to talk us through how your sessions with him went and 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 what his what path he trod in order to get from where he was when he was sent on the course to where he wanted to be yeah certainly well the 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 first thing that we did was to take a look at the way he went about these sorts of conversations now and and in order to do that we role-played it so he briefed me about the kinds of things his colleagues would say and the kinds of way that they would respond to him when he put his hand up and said oh i'm really i can't manage this and I pretended to be one of them and came to him and pretended to be a little bit deaf to his protestations. And this was all recorded. We, we, we recorded this on a video so that he could then watch himself back. And what was his reaction to what he saw and heard? Well, he was very surprised because the image he had of himself in his head was totally different to the version of himself he was able to see when we played it back. What what was what was the image he, he, he had in his head? How did he think he was coming across? Well, he thought he was being ever so reasonable and ever so logical and ever so nice and friendly and that the other person was the one that was being unreasonable. And how did he how did he realise he was at, he was actually coming across to the other person? That he was being a bit subservient on the one hand, you know, lowering his head and speaking quietly, but at the same time looking a bit truculent, a bit like an adolescent a bit like a teenager uh, there was leakage there was frustration almost a kind of contempt for the other person that was emanating out from the way he looked and the way he sounded so you got a lot from that that must have i can imagine that must have quite shocked him and surprised him to see to see all that It, it, it it was because it was not at all how he imagined that that he was looking or sounding so how did, what happened next in your sessions with him? Well, over the course of the training, we practised this many times, and he learnt how to be assertive. He learnt how to tell the other person truthfully how he was feeling about the pressure they were putting him under. For example, he'd say things like how worried he was that they were coming to him with such little time to do this work. So... In, in a nutshell, he, it sounds as though what, he, what, what you showed him how, that he could do was to simply say how he felt in, in an open and honest way. Yes, that's right. And if the other person was a little hard of hearing and they hadn't quite cottoned on the first time, he learned how to ratchet that up and then say how alarmed he was about the scenario, uh, about the situation. He was very surprised how quickly the other person in the role play in our case, the range of other people on the course who was pretending to be his colleagues, how very quickly they fell into line. Mm. So did you, did, did you find out how he got on afterwards with it? Yes, indeed. When we spoke again during his follow-up coaching, he said that real life follows very closely to the way that people behaved when they were part of the group on the course. And he was delighted. More to the point, his boss was delighted. And he was relieved that when he does this in real life, people do get it. And he found that people took him seriously. You, you talked about another example. Yes, indeed. 
This illustrates something slightly different. I have in mind an engineer, a senior engineer, who needed to say no to people when they were making contributions and suggestions for planning for a major building project. For This is for a chemical plant. Often people would come in with suggestions that he thought were ludicrous or balmy or completely short-sighted. And the problem was he had a reputation for calling a spade a spade and being very blunt, telling people he thought their idea was idiotic. And consequently, he was regarded as someone rather cold, very skilled, technically extremely competent and efficient, but rather detached and distant. Well, well, this is very common, isn't it? And a lot of people, without realising it, behave in a way that makes other people think that they're being arrogant and they don't really mean to be arrogant. All they're trying to do is to tell what they see as the truth. Yes, that's right. And he was becoming noticeably frustrated when people would say things he thought were dangerous. For example, in this particular case, there was an external organisation, uh, an industry body, who were going to have to sign off on this project. They were going to have to put their oar in. And he felt really concerned that somehow they might be misled if not being given the complete information and that eventually they'd have to find out. And if it turned out that they weren't happy and demanded changes, then a lot of money might be risked, you know, millions of pounds. So he thought it would be better to include them in the planning process sooner rather than later, but other people in the meeting didn't like that idea. So how did he, how did he come to you? How did he come on the course? Well, he, he was recommended for the training, something that came up as part of an appraisal process, because he was told that his manner for dealing with people was getting him into trouble, that he was developing a reputation for someone who was a, a real cold fish. And uh, it sounds as though that might have been a bit career-threatening if it continued. Well, yes, it was. So how, what, what happened in the sessions then? Can you talk us through that? Yes. I pretended to be someone sitting in his meeting and kept coming up with ludicrous suggestions in order to get a sense of how he goes about this sort of thing at the moment. Mm-hmm. He rather carefully explained the logic behind the error of my ways, and I then pretended not to notice or not to care or to dismiss his suggestions by saying that doesn't matter because of reasons and he visibly got frustrated with me it really wasn't difficult pressing this particular button and when we played it back he saw himself getting frustrated and irritated and um, so he, it was at that point that he, he, he said, yes, I, I need to change this. I need to find a way of changing this, presumably. Yeah. And it, he was he, he was he was up for it. Seeing when he saw himself in action, the penny dropped and he was up for it. Well, y- yes, he was. Um, he, he was oblivious that there was an alternative way of doing this. I mean, this was a chap who was extremely experienced. He'd been in the industry quite a long time. And this was the way he'd always done it. Yes, he recognised that there was a problem with the way he was doing it, but this was all he knew how to do. The only other way he could think of to avoid creating a bad atmosphere in his meeting was to keep his trap shut. And he didn't want to compromise his integrity by being silent when he could see a problem. So it was a bit of a challenge for him then to have to change, uh, uh, as it were, the habit of a lifetime. I, I suppose it was, but I—I I mean, he—he he, he did manage it. He and he managed it very successfully. But I, and he was—he—he he was eager and he was very willing. Uh, um, I, I, um, what am I trying to say here? 
Well, my, my question is probably unhelpful about, about the habits of a lifetime, because you didn't encounter that particular difficulty with this chap. No, there was no resistance. I suppose the thing I'm trying to get across is, um, despite the fact that he's a highly intelligent man and he's very experienced and been in the industry decades, he he was aware that he had this effect on people, but uh, he thought that this was the only way to do it. He he he. It, it was a new idea to him that it was possible for him to be authentic, for him to not have to swallow his words. That he was able, he could tell the truth. He could he could be okay. He, he could be real. He could say what he wanted to say, but do it in a way that wouldn't jeopardize his relationships with other people. Hmm. So how did it go when he do, how, how did you show him to do that? I was able to demonstrate to him how much more powerful his arguments could be simply by including some data about feelings. His first and then the other person's. Such as uh, so 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 give us an idea of of what you were guiding him to do. Actually it was two things. I was teaching him to be assertive and to say something along the lines of, I'm really worried that if we follow such and such a proposal, this bad thing might happen in the future. Which he'd never said before. His, his, his responses had been sort of negative and, con- and condemning of other people's ideas. He'd never actually declared openly that he felt worried about the consequences of those ideas. Yeah, so his previous version of that would be just something like, that's a really rubbish idea, that's going to cost us lots of money. So he, he kind of, it sounds as though he was judging the idea of being, as being rubbish instead of stating the fact that there was something in it that was seriously worrying him. Yeah, yes, he was implying to the other person that you must be pretty stupid if you're coming up with an idea like that. Yeah. And, and quite understandably, they, that would rub, rub them up the wrong way. So you said there were two things. What was the other thing that uh, he learned? To tune in on the other person's wavelength and say, I imagine that what's motivating you to propose what you propose is because you're worried about such and such. To actually show some understanding of, of, of the idea and the thoughts behind the idea before, yeah. before, um, before saying what you don't like, but what worries you about it. Yes, we spent quite a lot of time discussing the likelihood that there is a positive motive behind the other person's albeit ludicrous-sounding suggestion. Was he receptive to that idea? Yes, he was, because he does have respect for his colleagues and he doesn't think they're all complete idiots. So it wasn't a great stretch for him to acknowledge that although what they might be saying might be rather distorted or perhaps rather clumsy, at the root of it is probably something that is a legitimate concern. So he wasn't actually... But from what you're saying, he was actually, in being in his habitual, rather negative response, was actually a miscommunication. He 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 wasn't saying he wasn't giving a a, a, a truthful impression of of what his response to their idea was. His response to their idea was, on the one hand, he could see some merit in it, but on the other hand, uh, he was very concerned about it, and all he talked about. And, and all, all that came out was with a sort of negative judgment, uh, dismissing the idea. Yes, that's right. Yes, yes, quite, quite. So, what did he learn? He learned that he could include the usual data that he normally would, so long as he also added into that this new bit of data, which is to disclose to the other person, truthfully, how he's feeling. 
and he struggled initially with that to identify how he was feeling and be able to put that into words but the the, the language didn't need to be terribly sophisticated for that he could say i'm worried i feel bad i'm really unhappy about this and that that was plenty good enough and uh, what happened afterwards well yeah, yeah very soon after our training session he had a meeting where he had to put this into practice and it went incredibly smoothly on the course we'd practice this meeting to prepare for how it might have gone if people had responded poorly and his report back afterwards that it had gone even smoother than we'd rehearsed it it went very successfully people were very happy to take his advice and suggestions and follow his recommendations apparently there was no friction whatsoever it's interesting isn't it because actually you took you 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 trained him or shown him how he could be in a way kind of kinder and more gentle with people and yet the end result was that he ended up it was harder for people to resist what he was saying they, they it made people much more willing to do what to, to to see it his way yes absolutely yeah it was a it was a smoother briefer conversation that, that ended oh, up that being too. much more it took successful. less time because i suppose i suppose because they didn't get involved in heated arguments Yes, that's right. People didn't feel personally attacked. People didn't misinterpret and think that he was being aggressive or abusive. Um, so he, you, he, he learned how to be true, be true to his own concerns, but at the same time treat others and their ideas with respect. Yeah, absolutely. He was able to say things along the lines of, I imagine that what's worrying you is money and that your suggestion is designed to save us a, a, a few bob a few quid um and 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 that's what's motivating your this particular suggestion and they'd say yes that's about the size of it and he's able to say well uh, the thing that really worries me about this is that in the long run this might end up costing us even more and they bought it Hmm. it's great there is another kind of conversation where you have to say no and that could also be a difficult conversation for lots of people I'm thinking of when you have to say no to somebody whose work you might be responsible for monitoring, but when you're not satisfied with something that they're doing and you're having to say, no, it's not what I want, or it's not the way that I want it, or no, it's not good enough. Well, that sounds very linked to what we've just been talking about and a very relevant topic for us to um, tackle next time we, next time we do a podcast. Thank you for listening to the Skills with People podcast from Ghoul Training. I do hope you enjoyed the episode. To find out more about the Skills with People training course and how you can arrange to have a free initial coaching session, go to gouldtraining.co.uk and go to the Contact Us page.